Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Nervous Energy. Jace. It had been four days since the kidnapping, and between the heat, which was unbearable, and Callie's recklessness, I wanted to blow. I talked to my cousin about the matter, and he told me I had to kill them both, the girl and Bam. But before I made a move, I had to be sure there wasn't any other way. Girls were outside in less than nothing, and all Callie talked about was how they were setting themselves up while we drove in my car. Setting themselves up? Who? Who was setting themselves up? I know you ain't talking about how girls are setting themselves up for dressing like that. Also, just just shoot the nigga. Just, just shoot Callie. Like, kill him. Kill them. Move. Kill all three. That's really how it'll work. You're in this situation now. You can't get out of it. Kill all three of them, move to L.A., never come back. That's that. Honestly. All I wanted to talk about was a girl who was still tied up in my basement with her father. Don't you live at home, nigga? Like, how are your parents not going into the basement? I mean, I don't go downstairs that often in my house because my room is upstairs. But if I go downstairs, I'm going to look around and notice that there's somebody downstairs going, hurr, hurr. Like, what the fuck is that? Callie took his hatchet off his back and set it on the floor to get comfortable. Shoot him now. He ain't got no weapon. I'm telling you, nigga. That's why. Yeah, kill this nigga immediately. Kill this nigga immediately. I'm telling you, nigga. That's why bitches be getting raped and shit. Look at half of the shit they be wearing. He pointed to a shorty with a pair of purple tight-ass shorts on. Fuck is you talking about, young? I frowned. You heard me. Bitches be coming outside in less than nothing. And then they wonder why niggas be plotting on taking that pussy. Kill this nigga. Just slit his throat with his own hatchet. Like, do that. Man, if you wear shit like that, you deserve everything you got coming. A stiff dick. He laughed, grabbing his. Nigga, fire that shit up. I ain't trying to hear all that other shit you spitting. Silence. AJ. He paused, inhaling the bob. Let me ask you something. Shoot. Why you let Herb D talk reckless to me the other day? I heard the shit he said. Now I'd have been wrong if I had sliced him, wouldn't have I? What are you talking about? So you gonna say you didn't hear him say you should get rid of me? I heard it, but I also think you took shit too far by kidnapping that kid. Now Herb talked a little off beat. I'll give you that. But you had some of that shit coming. You always taking Herb and Six Side when we be beefing. That's fucked up. Nigga, you fucked up. I said looking at him seriously. What are you, my bitch or something? I said, accepting the bob. I ain't about to soothe your feelings and shit. 
He laughed and said, so what you going to do? You want me to handle that situation in your basement? Because you know I ain't got no problem with it. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Tony at my crib, and I'm going to rap to him about it when we get there. But you making a move without thinking put me in a bind. You know I ain't mean for shit to get this heavy, right? Silence. Callie, are you sure you didn't tell nobody about that shit? He was silent for a moment and said, why would I do that? If I say something, I'm the one they're going to come looking for. He paused. Nah, I ain't say nothing to nobody. Something was off with Callie and people told me he was borderline bipolar, but I didn't want to believe him until now. I also knew telling him about the cops visiting Harmony could put her in danger. So for now, I was going to keep that information to myself. Jay, don't worry about shit. For real, I got you. He paused, pulling on the bob. And I wouldn't jeopardize the operation. You always jeopardize the operation, I thought. If they come looking for me, I'm taking the rap, he said. And as far as I'm concerned, none of you niggas were involved. When my father called on me to build his operation in D.C., I couldn't be more ready. Finally, I'll be making that serious paper. But wherever there was money, there were risks. And one of my risks was having Callie on my team. But I hated the way we was living before my pops asked me to open up a shop in D.C. Don't get me wrong, my Aunt Karen was good to me, but before the call, we was living regular. The money Rick sent her, she used on mortgage and private schools. I could have called him and asked him for a little more dough, but I didn't want her thinking I didn't appreciate her putting it all on the line for me. But I always had a strong desire to hustle, just like my father. Although, unlike my father, murder was not my thing, and I don't think it would ever be. That's where niggas like Callie came in, but taming him was out of the question. I want you to lay low for a while, I told him. My pager went off and I saw it was Paco. The code was 287, which meant to meet him at his house. I figured he had some info on Star, so I wanted to hurry. Outside of the niggas in the room that day, I said, looking at him again, don't talk about the situation to no one. You got me? I got you. We pulled up in my house and I saw Tony's forerunner, which meant he was already inside my crib. But my Aunt Karen wasn't home. I'll be glad when I get my own house to keep this drama out of her crib. Go in and get Tony for me. Hurry up, because Paco just hit me and wants us to meet him at his crib. I'm going to be out here waiting. Aight, but I left my bag in your house the other day. I'm going to have to scoop it up before we leave, he said, dipping into the house. The street was wet, and my cousin's car was shiny, so I figured he had just washed it. I waited for 15 minutes before my cousin Tony walked outside without Callie. By the look on his face, I could tell he was shocked to see me out front. What you doing here, he said, walking up to my car. I just got a page from Paco. He got some info on Star. I was just grabbing something out of my truck real quick before I hit you. My heart raced because I already knew what was going on. Callie was in my house alone with Bam and his daughter. You ain't see Callie? Nah, he paused. Where's he at? In the house, man. I must have been in the bathroom when he came in. I got out of the car and approached my house. Before I reached the door, Callie bolted out of it with a crazed look on his face and his green bag in his hand. Tony and me approached him, and I couldn't ask what I already knew. Callie, please tell me you didn't do anything stupid, I asked. I told you. I got you. So it's done. Crazed homies. Jace. Right before I walked in my house, Nut walked up on us. The three of us looked at her, and I'm sure guilt was written all over our faces. Why y'all looking all crazy and shit, she said. Fuck you want, I asked. I need to get back in the house to see the mess Callie left for me. 
I also wonder how much of our conversation she overheard. How long you been right there? I just walked up. I came for Callie, she said, her body covered in dry blood. I figured she was here to tell Callie about Cherry. So much shit had happened that I forgot to tell him myself, and I wondered did Harmony tell him either. What do you want? Callie asked. Some nigga cut Cherry. She's at the hospital right now, and the doctor's saying she might not make it. She could be bleeding to death right now. What? Callie said, walking closer towards her, putting his bag down next to him. I could tell just like that he had already forgotten about the two corpses he left in my basement. When this shit happened? Earlier today. Harmony was there, she ain't tell you? Nah. He paused. Look, Jace, I'ma get up with you later. I gotta see what's up with my peoples. I started to say fuck his peoples and that he needed to help me clean up the mess I know he made in my basement. But the look Tony gave me told me to let him go ahead. Aight, but hit me the moment you get back. We got a lot to rap about. After he left, Tony and me went into the house and went downstairs. All I can say is I couldn't believe the mess he had made in a matter of minutes. Bam's face was smashed in partially with my Aunt Karen's old typewriter and a broken pool stick was lodged in his neck. Blood was everywhere and it looked like a horror movie. I went into the corner over top of the tin Redskins trash can and threw up. When I thought I was done, I threw up some more. My stomach tugged and pulled against itself as I released all of my meal for that day. Yo, this kid is sick, Jace. This don't make no fucking sense. He killed this nigga without making sure we had all the information we needed first. Callie ain't playing smart, man. I stood up straight, threw my fist in my left hip for support, and wiped my mouth with the back of my hand. Then my arms dropped loosely beside me. Where's the girl? I asked calmly. He looked at the scene and ran around the pool table. Then he looked in the closet and then under the pool table again. The fuck he do to her? Tony asked. He took her out of here. In that bag, I said, not even realizing I knew the answer to my own question. But the nigga said he's not even going home first. What are you going to do, run around the hospital with a dead body in a green army bag? I looked at him. Although he hadn't been around him more than me, he already knew what type dude he was. Fuck, this nigga gonna get us late. You telling me something I already know, I said, pacing the floor with my hand over my head. I want this shit to be over, all the way over. And I knew had I just the strength to give the order, not even necessarily pull the trigger, we would have had a chance to clean up our own mess. Now this nigga was running around town with a dead girl in his bag like he was Freddy Krueger or something. Or a live girl, because with him you can never tell. Get the crew on the phone and tell him to get over here. Tony made a few calls, and when he was done, we sat in silence for a minute and looked at the work Callie put in. I noticed too late to ask. Where you get this dude from, he paused. Because the more I think about it, the more I think he may need to stay the fuck from around us, cousin. I sat down in the chair in the room and said, Since we was younger, I knew Callie was a killer. But he didn't start out like nobody you know, I paused. Well, how did he start? By butchering old ladies? I'm serious. Back in the day, on the block, it seemed like every other month our neighbor's pets kept coming up missing. Like somebody would walk their dogs one day, and the next day they'd be gone. I paused, not trying to look at the body. One day, I saw Callie looking at Dingo, my girl Harmony's dog from across the street. I paused. That dog used to bark her ass in the house every other day. I'm talking about vicious barking like if it got off the leash or something, it would kill her. I could tell Tony wanted me to rush the story, but I needed to take my time. 
It was like I finally understood something I already knew. That this nigga was off. Way off. That night I was outside sneaking one of Karen's beers. And I saw Callie grab Dingo the dog by his neck and pick it up in the air. I demonstrated the way he had Dingo with my hand. Now I don't know how tightly he had this dog's throat. But it wasn't barking no more cuz. Just whimpering loud enough for me to know it was scared. What happened to the dog? Fuck you think, nigga, I said. I ain't never see that dog again. Stop fucking around. Nigga, I'm telling you the truth. Look around us. We both looked at the blood in Bam's body. But what happened after that? What'd he say he did to the dog? Tony said like a child listening to a scary story. I stepped to him about it a little while after that. At first, he ain't want to tell me and even tried lying. But I told him I'd seen it already. Eventually, he kept it real and told me he killed it. Where was his people while he was killing animals and shit? He lived with his grandparents. That was all the shit and died a few months after that. Then he moved with his mom who was on that shit, and we kind of lost contact after that. But he moved back in the house that his grandparents lived in now. Except he don't like to be there alone, so he'll stay over there or over at his cousin Vaughn's. How many dogs did this bitch-ass nigga kill? I can't be sure, but at least ten. Why in the fuck would he kill a dog, man? That's some bullshit. I'm just telling you what I know. He heartless, and I don't know a nigga on earth like him. Not even Russ, Rick's muscle. I paused. Think of a place you'd have to be mentally to do some shit like that. Or to do some shit like this. We looked at Bam's body again. Whatever happened to the old-fashioned days of just busting a nigga in the head, I said, feeling my stomach churning again. Nah, he gotta go all Jason Voorhees and shit. Whoa. At the time when I asked him why he killed all them dogs, he said, Would you rather be some mutt or some nigga you know instead? I never forgot that shit. We both looked at the dead body before us and swallowed hard. What's up with his cousin Vaughn? Why don't you like him? Because he listened to anything that nigga tell him to do. And even though he say it was his idea to grab that girl out of school, I got 500 to say the nigga Vaughn told him to do that shit. But Callie do anything you tell him to do too. I know, but I ain't going to leave him astray, I said. The nigga Vaughn liked to turn him against me, like trying to get my own dog to bite me or something. Damn, I feel you. A second later, Paco, Herb Dale, Six Sense, and Krayshawn came in and walked down the stairs. What the fuck? Krayshawn said. This nigga's sick, Six Sense added. You telling me, I said. What made him kirk out like this, Paco asked. I don't know. Before he did this shit, we were in the car talking. I sent him in the house to get WAP, and the next thing I know, all this shit happened. Man, why he do the nigga like that, Krayshawn asked. I don't know, but I do know my girl said some cops showed up at her place asking questions, I said. Paco and Krayshawn looked at each other and then at me. I wondered what that meant. So they on to something, but I don't know what. She said they were asking her about the kidnapping. Why would they go to her house, Tony said. She ain't connected to this shit in no way, right? He asked me. Man, maybe they did see him take her. We all know Harmony and Callie cool, Paco said. Or maybe he told her and she told on him, Krayshawn added. Listen, that's my girl, and betting I ne'er one of you niggas disrespect her again. She may have her shit with her, but she's still my girl and future wife. Krayshawn and Paco looked at each other again. Why y'all keep looking like that? You got something you want to tell me? Nah, man, Paco said. I'm just fucked up about all of this. 
Me too. And I know something not right with this cop situation. Right. It don't make no sense the cops would go to her, Tony said. You sure Callie ain't tell her, man? I ain't sure that he didn't tell her, but I do know she ain't no snitch. She may be sneaky, but she not no snitch. Maybe he told on himself, Paco interrupted. You see, not all the way right. I'm not sure what happened, but I do know we don't want them knocking on this door next. So I need this shit cleaned up quick. Then call somebody you trust to have them take out this pool table and burn it. I don't want it trashed. I want it burned. We don't need motherfuckers finding it and lifting our prints. I paused, looking at all of them. Whatever you do, don't tell nobody about his shit. If you got a mind to talk about it, then there's enough niggas in this room to feed that need. Outside of that, this shit stays here. Got it, Krayshawn said. So what's up with Star? I asked Paco. You get anything on him? He's scared shitless. He must have heard the band was missing and decided he ain't coming back. But we found out where he is anyway. Where is he? In Baltimore. I got somebody watching this house right now. Whenever you want to get him, we can move. I paused for a while and looked at the murder scene in front of me. Truthfully, I didn't know if I could take another situation like this happening again. And if we picked up Star, I was going to have to give the order. Chase, sooner or later you're going to have to get blood on your hands, Tony said. I looked at my men and I knew what they wanted from me. I had seen this look on their faces a lot lately. They weren't sure if they could respect me as a leader if I couldn't give the order to kill. And it wasn't even like hustlers were automatically murderers. It was just that my father was a stone-cold killer. He was vicious and cold, and they expected me to be the same way. But I wasn't. Have him picked up and taken care of, I said, unable to say the word. I'll put the call in when we leave here, Paco said. But what about our product? We don't have the money to pay Rick off. Have them do what they have to do to get him to talk. If you don't talk, take care of him. I'll just have to tell my father what happened to get more product. But either way... Either way, I paused. I want Star killed. Paco smiled and said, I got that. Five minutes later, my Aunt Karen came home, and my crew was still downstairs. She never came downstairs, so I wasn't worried about her walking in on a crime scene at her house. That's why we knew we could keep them here. She respected my privacy, and I respected hers. We stayed out of each other's way. Tony and me helped clean up as much as possible. Then we went upstairs to kick it with Karen while they did the rest. I didn't want to risk her suddenly deciding to come in the basement, even though it wasn't like her. Before me and Tony went upstairs, I pointed my crew to the tools necessary to hack up the body. This included trash bags, hacksaws, and bleach. I'm glad I didn't have to see that part of it, and to be honest, I want the shit over and done with before I went back downstairs. My aunt made us some food, and when she was done, she just stood in the kitchen staring me down. She had been upset ever since she found out her brother Rick had sent for me to go to L.A. for a little while. She was wearing a sky blue long dress that looked like a bag and had silver threads throughout it. Her natural locks were covered in the same material as her dress. Since my mom was murdered, Karen was the closest thing in my life to a mother. What's up, auntie? Why are you up in my look space? I said, chewing a piece of biscuit. I'm in your look space because I'm scared for you. I know you're not about to say nothing about me going to L.A. again because my mind's already made up and it's a done deal. You know I don't want you to leave, but I'm worried about something else now. Like what? I had a dream about you last night. Tony and me looked at each other because she always had dreams she claimed were premonitions. Some came true and others didn't. 
And what happened in your dream this time? I asked sarcastically. You gotta stay away from that Harmony girl. She bad news. I can't do that. That's my shouty, I said, still eating. Maybe you dream wrong. I'm never wrong. Never, she shouted, hitting the counter with a closed fist. Everything on top of this shifted a few inches. Now I need you to take me seriously. When I saw the anger and love in her eyes, I stood up and walked over to her. Then I placed my hands on her shoulders and felt the anger go away. Paco and them were banging pretty loudly downstairs, and I hoped she wouldn't ask me what they were doing. Judging by the thumps, I had a feeling they were taking down a pool table. You gotta stop worrying about me. I'm good. And you using them rock claws to fuck up your kitchen counters ain't gonna make shit no different. I winked. Relax, auntie. Harmony is good for me, and I'm good for her. She smiled and said, just be careful. You know I will. I don't know what I'd do if somebody took you away from me. If I was ever going to have a son, you would be it. What you talking about? I am your son. She hugged me, walked into her bedroom and shut the door. Whoa, I said, sitting back at the table with Tony. She was serious as a heart attack that time. Yeah, she ain't feeling her at all. She never liked her, but I don't know why. Harmony good peoples. Tony remained quiet. What? Cousin, you better watch her. I've been hearing niggas saying she'd get around. I knew niggas wanted to fuck Harmony, so I wasn't even tripping off the rumors. She would never cheat on me. Anyways, I was fucking this girl Brittany on the side. Everybody in this book. Ugh. Niggas always talking shit when they want to fuck your girl. They just mad because they can't fuck mine. I don't think they know they can't fuck her. Slow up, Tony, I said, putting my hand out in front of me. Like I said, that's my shorty. Harmony wasn't innocent, but she definitely wasn't guilty either. The main problems I had with her were her moody ways and how she tried to use sex to get me to do what she wanted. Don't get me wrong, it was good, but I didn't like that about her because we could never talk out our problems. Whenever we had an argument, she'd throw pussy at me and I usually took the bait. But I didn't this last time and I know that fucked her up. We had gotten into an argument about her uncle and how she don't need to be doing what this nigga say all the time. When the next thing I know, she slapped me in my face. The whole thing was I was agreeing with her. It's like she has split personality sometimes. I was about to go check on things downstairs when a phone rang. I jumped up, looked at the caller ID box and saw Rick's number. People always ask me why I called him Rick instead of dad or some shit like that. But to me, Rick held more respect than the word father ever could. What up, Rick? I said. I just got word the Massive has been spotted in D.C. I can't lie. My pressure went up a little because I knew for a fact if he was here, he was here for me. Do you know where we're at in D.C.? No. Just be careful, son. When he hung up, I knew he was serious because he never called me son. My father was a ruthless, cold-blooded killer, and yet when it came to Massive, I sensed fear. Not because he was scared of him, but because he was scared for me. Massive was the reason my father moved me to D.C. in the first place. When I was younger, Massive was into my father for $10,000 after losing in a high-stakes poker game. From what Karen told me, it was Rick, Cornell, Massive, and a few other players at the table that night. My father loves gambling and has lost and gained millions doing what he loved. Anyways, Massive lost that night and was into Rick and Cornell for a lot of cash. 
I don't know what he offered Cornell, but he offered Rick one of his custom-made Porsches, which was way over the amount owed to cover his loss. But Rick made a living off his reputation, so he took the non-payment of his debt as a sign of disrespect. So Rick waited a few months and did nothing to Massive. Massive would call him every few days to thank him for giving him more time, promising to make good on the debt. He knew what my father was capable of and figured if he was still alive, all was forgiven. When Massive finally came up with the money, his daughter was graduating from high school. Rick accepted the money, although in his mind it was a day late. So he attended Massive's daughter's graduation, and the moment Massive's daughter crossed the stage to accept her high school diploma, Rick had her gunned down in front of her friends and family. What the fuck? Like, dude, that's zero to one million. I mean, at the same time, I guess, don't even look over there at like Wayne Tripp and the next day Potney came up missing, but nigga, for real, his daughter in front of him at her graduation when she's walking the stage, that's shitty my nigga like that is above and beyond you get gold star for rick like that is just extra credit my nigga that is mwah. i know there's a lot of things i say i would do to my worst enemy because they're my worst enemy but i don't even think i could do that shit and i have a list that is not on my list my list is seven pages long that is not on it i might i won't I won't, I won't add it. I won't add it. Not for his daughter, not for his kids, no. If that nigga walked the stage of the graduation, though, I might put up like a, a, a string that shot silly string into his face or something, but I ain't gonna kill the nigga, not in front of witnesses. But Rick underestimated how far Massive would go to get revenge. And because of it, I would never have the luxury of being safe as long as he was alive. What Rick say, Jace? Tony asked, seeing the concern on my face. He said Massive's in town. The look on Tony Watt's face told me what I already know. You got it bad this week, cousin. Tell me about it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but you're not going to be able to fully live your life until you take care of this nigga, Jace. You're going to have to do it yourself, too. I know. But how do you catch somebody who can't be caught? Seems to me that you're about to find out. D.C. General Hospital. A crazy kind of love. Callie. When Callie walked into D.C. General Hospital Center to see Sasha Cherry Miller, he was going for different reasons. Theirs was a peculiar type of relationship, and both of them had sick upbringings, which caused them to connect on strange levels. But it was Callie who thought that by holding on to her, Harmony, Jason, Vaughn, he could recreate the makeshift family he never had. Cherry enjoyed hybristophilia, a paraphilia that involved loving men who participated in violent crimes. She couldn't find a more perfect match in Cali because he enjoyed chorophagia, a paraphilia that involved being turned on by the act of eating coprophagia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that wrong, but still, I didn't pause because of that. He enjoyed coprophagia, a paraphilia that involved being turned on by the eating of human feces, as well as sadism, a paraphilia that involved inflicting pain on one another. Together, they were a match made in hell. So is he eating shit or is she eating shit? And is she brushing her teeth afterwards? Because, I mean, either way it goes, that's shitty. When he stepped towards her hospital room with the green army bag clasped tightly in his hand, he saw her hooked up the cords through an open door. 
Off the break, his dick got hard. He loved how she was almost brought to death, yet somehow managed to survive. Her eyes were closed shut, and she looked like she was in a peaceful sleep. He walked deeper into the room and said, Cherry? The fuck are you doing here? Mary Miller, Sasha's mother, yelled, walking up to him. He didn't see her based on where she was sitting. Although she was older, she was just as beautiful as Cherry. Yes, yeah, son, I thought I told you to stay away from our daughter, Bobby Miller added. And I thought I told y'all to suck my dick, he said, looking between them with hate in his eyes. Now, if Sasha wants me to leave her alone, then I will. But until then, get the fuck out of my face with that shit. He walked around them and towards Cherry's bed and dropped his bag on the floor. It made a loud thud, but nobody paid it any mind. And I don't want you to leave, Cherry said in a weak voice. She opened her eyes fully and said, Mom, Dad, please give us some privacy. You so fucking ignorant and stupid, Mary yelled. Don't you see the hate in this boy's eyes? Are you that fucking blind? Ma, please, this is between me and Callie. But he's going to kill you. Are you that desperate for some dick? No, Ma, I get plenty of dick at work, remember? Oh, my sweet Jesus, she said, walking close to the bed. You're going straight to hell. Her finger wagged back and forth in Cherry's face. Why would God curse me with such a selfish bitch? Come on, honey, Bobby said, pulling Mary away by her fragile elbow. If she want us gone, then we should just leave. Get your decrepit hands off me, you weak bastard, she shook him off. You should be beating the shit out of this boy right here instead of wrestling with me. Bitch, I'm 72 years old. What you trying to do, get me killed? He paused. So you can cash in on my life insurance policy or something? Once again, Bobby and Mary turned a situation that was not about them into one involving them. This was the reason Cherry was so messed up to begin with. Nigga, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead by now. You halfway walking anyway, shiny black motherfucker. Bitch, get your shit and come on. He picked up her purse and pushed it into her chest, forcing her to hold it. Pussy so foul it stung up the whole damn room. God, dog. He said, helping her towards the door. <laughs> no wonder she wants to leave. Fuck you, you no dick have a motherfucker. It's time to go, you bent over backwards, bitch, Bobby said, still in the last words. People on the outside of the room gathered around when they heard the commotion. Mary and Bobby cussed and fussed all the way down the hall and onto the elevator. When they were gone, one of the orderlies peeked into the room and said, I feel sorry for you. He shook his head. They must give you the blues. Nigga, get your punk ass from out in front of the door before I break your back. Callie said. The orderly got out of Dodge with the quickness. Cherry shook her head and said, I'm so embarrassed. Why do they always have to cut up? I don't know why, but they've been like that forever and ain't never gonna change. She smiled and said, I know, but sometimes I wish my life could be different. Wishings for fools, Cherry. Take the life you got and deal with it. You'd be better off that way. I, I, I can't believe you came. I ain't beefing with you no more. I'm sorry about what I said about you and Harmony. I like her, and I know y'all always going to be cool, but sometimes I get so jealous of y'all's relationship, though. He walked over to her, took his cap off, and said, So what happened to you? He paused. Tell me everything. Well, I was servicing a client. Yeah, but how? Callie, I don't want to go into detail. It's too gross. Just tell me and stop fucking around. Why do you like to hear these stories? 
Would it make you feel better if I didn't like your lifestyle? Didn't you tell me that you loved that about me? The fact that I wanted to know everything about you where other niggas didn't? Yes. Well, stop trying to make me feel fucked up about it and tell me what happened. She sighed and said, I have a real sick ass client. He likes to, he likes to eat my pussy after I've had sex with other men. Normally he comes at night, she said, taking a deep breath. She was still a little weak from all the pain meds she was on. But this time he came during the day. We pulled up in the alley. I lifted my dress and he started eating my pussy. Then he whipped his dick out and started jerking off. She paused like she was about to cry, but her sorrow turned to pleasure when Callie pulled his dick out and started beating off too. What are you doing? She asked, knowing full well what he was doing. She loved playing the martyr. It made sex better. Someone can come in here and see you. I'm going to be quick, he frowned. Now go ahead, finish telling me. Oh, oh, okay. So he pulled his dick out and started jerking off. She stared at Callie, who was jerking his dick harder. Then he stopped and looked up at me while he was eating my pussy, and all of a sudden he looked angry. Normally I pretend to be enjoying the act, but this time I didn't. There were too many people outside, and it was daytime. I was more concerned with getting caught than anything, so I guess he got mad. I saw him mess around in his pocket, but I didn't see the blade in his hand at first. When I finally did, it was too late because he pressed me up against the car door and cut what the doctor said is my femoral artery. I could have bled to death. Oh shit, oh shit, Callie said as he nutted in his hand before wiping it on the bottom of his sheet. Damn. He zipped his pants. Callie, sometimes I don't get you. What's there to get, he said, sitting in a chair next to her bed as if nothing just happened. I could have died, and that shit turned you on. I know you could have died, but I'm still here, ain't I? But you should be concerned about my health, too, not just trying to bust a nut. Callie stood over top of her and stared down at her. Then he cracked his knuckles. No, please don't. Please don't do it again. Whenever she begged him not to, he knew she wanted him to do the exact opposite. She would pick fights with him just to get smacked, and he gladly obliged. This the same nigga who earlier in the chapter, yeah, okay. It's the one who was talking about how girls be wanting it and shit. This dude nuts. He's nuts, though. Bitch, shut the fuck up. He smacked her in the face hard. You ain't nothing but a slutty whore. Please, please stop, Callie. Don't hit me again, she smiled. He smacked her harder, and again she smiled, licking the blood that fell in the corner of her lips. Seeing her pleasure, he knew what she wanted, so he walked over to the door and closed it. Then he took one of the chairs in the room and pressed it against the doorknob so no one else can get inside. When the door was closed, he took off his pants and on the hospital bed made her suck his dick. When she was done, he made her repeat the same actions four more times. And then he gave her the best fuck of her life. Stitches and all. God. Oh. Whew, that made my shit hurt. Dirty old bitch. Harmony. That's that's the name of this uh chapter. Dirty old bitch. Not not me. I'm I'm not dirty old bitch. My grandmother's such a bitch. When I got home earlier today, she was in the house running her mouth with Lola from up the street. All they ever did was run their fucking mouths and worry about everyone else's business but their own. I wonder if Lola fucks her granddaughter like Shirley makes me fuck her. Hi, I said dryly, looking at Melanie's baby, which was on the couch with them. It was crying and being loud. Where's Uncle Charles? He's not here. I don't know why. No reason. 
Anyways, I'm glad you're here, Harmony. Melanie needs you to watch her baby tonight, Shirley said. Two liquor glasses sat on the floor, and Shirley's phone book sat next to him. So I hope you ain't got plans. Well, I do got plans tonight, so I can't watch her. Just what the fuck do you have planned tonight? She placed a bottle in the baby's mouth, silencing it for a little while. You 17 years old, and all you do is rip and run the streets with them two hoes. The least you can do is hang around here and do something of meaning for a change. Especially since the teacher called me today saying she had to talk to me about something. Do you know what she won't? Nah, I said, hoping Miss Duncan wouldn't tell her about the rape. All I needed was drama at my crib, even though I wasn't scared of Shirley anymore. I laughed and said, I don't know what she wanted with you, and I don't give a fuck either. Well, it better not be no bullshit, she said, drinking some liquor. But cancel your plans. I need you to babysit. Make yourself useful. I make myself useful all the time, I said, licking my lips. Shirley looked at Lola, wondering if she had caught on. Or have you forgotten? Maybe we could tell Lola what I do for you around here. Harmony, stop it. I'm not watching no baby to smell like weed. I paused. Tell Melanie's fried making ass to leave McDonald's and take care of her own kid, I said, walking towards my room, stopping at the wall. Anyway, why can't you watch it? Because we about to go down Mary Miller's house and play gin rummy. She's in a bad mood and the baby might make shit worse. Again, it is not my problem. And I'm not saying it is, but the least you could do is help me out. I said no, and since Mary Miller's daughter is one of the whores you clown be running around with, then I know you know she in the hospital, so I doubt Mary will be playing gin rummy with anybody tonight. She just called me to come over. You don't know so much after all. Well, I ain't watching it anyway, I said, turning the corner to go into my room. I don't care what you two bitches talking about out there, trying to use up my weekend and shit. If she can't get a babysitter, she shouldn't have a baby. I paused. Wait till Charles get back? Ever since I got older, he didn't bother me anymore. But he did spend a lot of time out the house, and I wonder whose child he was bothering now. Right? Pedophiles. Fuck. No, Lola jumped in. I mean, not for nothing, Shirley, but I can't have him watching my grandbaby. Shirley rolled her eyes at Lola and said, He ain't like that anymore. My grandmother was straight tripping. Whenever I asked her for something, she never came through for me unless I made her feel good. And I'm her flesh and blood. And now she want to ask me for something? Harmony, this will really help me out. She continued walking into my room. And that makes me want to say no even more. This is ridiculous. I do everything around here for you. She had a serious face. She ran that bullshit down to me. I put food on the table, a roof over your head and everything. You collect welfare, Shirley. And I hope you saved up because when I'm 18, I'm getting my own place and you won't be able to draw welfare off me no more. She stomped out in that attitude and I spent the next 30 minutes trying to put on the right outfit to hang out with Jace tonight. I turned on the radio and new additions, if it isn't love, played from the speakers. I danced around a little before settling on an off-the-shoulder yellow shirt, a black miniskirt, and my yellow jellies to wear. Then I smoothed on some strawberry lotion, blew dry my naturally curly hair straight, and crimped it all over. When my hair was done, I decided to do my face, so I put on some blue mascara, red blush, some clear lip gloss. I looked really cute, even though I don't normally wear makeup. I was about to go into the living room when the phone in my room rang. It was Paco. Harmony, did you tell anybody about what we talked about? Him telling me what happened with the girl put me in more shit than I wanted to be in. Paco, I gotta go. Jay's gonna be here soon. Answer the fucking question. 
I didn't tell nobody nothing, okay? Silence. If I find out you lying to me, shit can get real ugly. He was threatening me, which was something he had never done before, and I was scared. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. He hung up without responding, and I thought about what I had gotten myself into. I should have never said anything to Jace about the situation. And Jace must have said something to Paco, which is why he was calling me tonight. Needing a buzz, I walked into the kitchen and opened a bottle of Shirley's gin down in half the bottle. As the liquid warmed my chest, I started to feel better immediately. When all of a sudden I realized Shirley and Lola were too fucking quiet in the living room. The fuck they doing in there, I thought. When I walked into the living room to see what they were up to, I saw the baby laying on the sofa by itself, asleep. Shirley, I yelled, walking around the house. Shirley, I know you didn't leave this thing in here with me. She didn't answer because she wasn't there. Dirty old bitch. Before I called her name, I knew she wasn't there because her leather phone book wasn't there. She didn't go anywhere without that book. I looked on the refrigerator and saw a few of the frequent phone numbers she used under a purple refrigerator magnet. Lola and Melanie lived together, and their number was on the paper, so I dialed theirs first. The phone kept ringing, and all I could think about was that there was no way in hell I was getting up a night with Jace for a night with a baby. Selfish, maybe, but at this point, I didn't care. A few seconds later, the baby started crying, so when I couldn't get in contact with Lola or Melanie, I called Mary. Mary, this Harmony. Is Shirley there? Not yet. Why? Well, when she get there, tell her this baby she left will still be here, left, waiting on her. Harmony, that's awful. You can't leave a baby in the house by itself. Click. Don't blame me. What everybody should be asking is what kind of grandmother's Lola. I was still waiting on Jace when my phone rang again. Harmony, it's Trip. Have you talked to Constance? No, why? She's been crying all day about something and she won't tell me what. Maybe you should call her. Okay, I'll call her now. I lied just to get her off my phone. I feel so bad. The sound of my phone clicking in her face interrupted her sentence. I looked over at the baby and it was playing with itself. Good for it, because I couldn't stand baby girls. I sat impatiently at the window and waited for Jason's car to pull up. It was exactly 22 cars later before I finally heard his music. I put the baby on the floor so it wouldn't roll off the couch and then rolled out. And the moment I opened the door and saw his Audi, my pussy throbbed. What's up, Jay? I said, getting into his car. I love the smell of a new car mixed with a vanilla tree air freshener. Jace looked fly as usual with his designer jeans and polo t-shirt. A gold chain just big enough hung from his neck and the name Jace is spelled out in diamonds. Boy, did I love his style. Y'all thought I wasn't going to say nothing about the fact that she placed the baby on the floor so the baby wouldn't roll the fuck off the couch. And then she dipped out leaving this baby alone in this fucking house. Like, this book is already perhaps the worst people that I've ever met in a book and I read Young Carter and the Cartel all the way through like everybody in this book is phenomenally horrible this is some cake taking shit though I would have never even thought that somebody would even think to write about that shit you smell good he said looking at me with his hazel eyes then he looked carefully out of his side view mirrors. Thanks, you do too, I said, pulling on my yellow shirt so it hung off my shoulders. With me rushing tonight, I didn't have a chance to bathe, but I did take a horse bath and wipe my pussy. 
Harmony, you talk to Callie? How come every time I see you, you ask me about Callie? We've been trying to find him since he left to visit Cherry at the hospital. Now I can't find this nigga nowhere. Nah, I haven't seen him since earlier. This nigga's getting on my fucking nerves. I was tired of talking about Callie and wanted to talk about me. But after his question, he didn't say anything for a few more minutes. I crossed my legs just like I always did and tried to think of ways to get his attention. So what are we about to do, I said. Sit back and relax, he said without looking at me. I'm saying, where are we going, Jace? You can't even tell me that. You got somewhere else to be? He asked, looking over at me. No, I'm just... I'm going to take you back home if you keep running your mouth. He looked at me seriously. Anyway, I don't know where we rolling right now. I got some shit on my mind and I started not even to pick you up. Why did you? Because I said I would and I always keep my word to you. A minute later, he turned the air conditioning up and said, You cold? Nah. Hungry? Yeah. When a black car pulled up next to us at the light, he jumped a little and looked around like he was looking for someone. But who could it be? Who could it be now? Da -da -da -da. Sorry. His father's reputation rung bells, and I knew people knew better than to fuck with him. Is everything cool? I mean, why you keep looking around? Somebody after you or something? Why you ask me some shit like that? He said, gritting on me. Fuck wrong with you. Jace, I'm trying to talk to you. You said you wanted to hang out, but you ain't talking to me. Are we back together or what? I yelled. Say something. Anything. Silence. Would y'all rather I say silence or just be silent like it's a movie script? Because in a movie script, they don't say pauses for effect, looks into her eyes. You know, so me saying silence. When I could actually have silence, I think that sounds better for me to just shut the fuck up. Like that. And I didn't even read the word silence. I just knew how to do it. See, I could do it. What cops? I asked, not knowing what the fuck he was talking about. The cop you told me came to your door. He steered his will and looked over at me suspiciously. What? You was lying or something? No, I didn't know what you was talking about at first. We weren't even talking about cops. Well, how many cops you got coming to your house? I wish Paco never told me about this shit because now it was coming in between our relationship. He didn't come back, Jace. I sighed. What was his name? Think quick, Harmony. I, I can't remember. I left his card at the house. Don't forget to give me his information later. Okay, I paused. Now can you start answering some of my questions? Are you seeing someone else? Nah. You sure? Yes. We took brief looks at each other, and I knew he didn't trust me any more than I trusted him. Can you tell me why you're acting so strange, and why you going to L.A.? My life's bound to change. Shit's already changing, and I need to see if you're serious about riding with me or not. I'm not scared of the drug life, or have you forgotten that my father died in the game? Your father died because he murdered a cop. There is a difference. Yeah, he killed a cop to protect me and his family. I put him back in his place. When it came to my father, I could be serious. But he also ran everything that came in and out of D.C., and I know you know that. For a while, your father used to work for mine. Yeah, but my pops don't work for anybody now. Jace looked out the window again and turned back to me. So what? We playing your father ain't better than my father now? 
You took it there, not me. He focused on my face for the first time. Even when you mad, you pretty. That should be fucking me up about you. Thank you, I smiled. But why you got all that bullshit on your face? I like you better natural. Start acting right and you can have my face however you want it. I'm going to have your face any way I want it now. He was turning me on. We were still talking until I saw McDonald's golden arches. Why we have to come here? I got a little nervous because I didn't feel like seeing Melanie's ass since she worked here. If I was with Jace, that meant I wasn't at home watching her baby. It wouldn't matter that I never agreed to babysit. Why are we coming here, I asked. Can't we do Burger King or something? Any place but here. I wanted to take you somewhere else, but it ain't going to work out tonight. So it's McDonald's or nothing. Well, let it be nothing. Well, I'm hungry, he said, checking his pager. We ain't going to be here long. The line is short anyway. When we pulled up in the drive through window and Melanie wasn't there, I exhaled. Welcome to McDonald's. How may I help you? A cute, light-skinned girl asked, smiling in his face. If I thought she was pretty, I knew Jace did, too. Oh, ain't your name Jace? Why? Because you look familiar, she said, smacking her lips after every word. That's all? Well, don't worry about who I am. Just take my order. He carried the shit out of her, and I loved it. You sure you don't want nothing? He asked me again. The look on the girl's face turned from conniving to mad when she saw me in his pasture seat. Too bad, so sad, bitch. This rich nigga's all mine. Yeah, you can give me Big Mac, fries, and a strawberry shake, I said. Alright, get her order and give me a hamburger, no cheese, with Big Mac sauce and a large fry. Oh, and add a Coke, too. Uh-uh, you can't get a hamburger with Mac sauce. You gotta get a Big Mac if you want all that. Well, I don't want a Big Mac. Now give me what the fuck I asked for. But I can't, Jace. That's not how we make them. I don't care how they make it for everybody else. Put Mac sauce on my shit. I need a manager, she screamed, turning around. She was being so ridiculous, and he was too. And just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, Melanie brings her skinny ass to the window. Her tag said manager, and I tried to hide my face. Oh, hey, Jace, I didn't know. She paused, stooped down a little to look further in his car and said, Hold up. Where my baby at, Harmony? Bitch, what is you talking about? I said, trying to ignore her. My mother said you was watching my baby tonight, so why is she in the car with you? 916-633-1537, wretched and wretched at gmail.com, wretched book club on Twitter, wretched book club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify, it takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser, copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts, and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. 
you can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.